All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with The Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. So I'm really excited today to have James Page on the show. So James is the Vice Chancellor and Chief Diversity Officer of Vanderbilt University. And we're going to talk a little bit about cultural competency and diversity, but I'm not going to steal James's thunder. James, welcome to the show and thank you for making time to be here today. Thank you so much. It's a real honor to, to be here and um, I really admire what you're doing and the, uh, the focus you have about um, helping our community, our culture, our nation um, understand the importance of health and health care and wellness. Thank, thank you so much, James, and really appreciate that. You know, definitely very enthused to hear about um, what you're working on, what you're passionate about today in healthcare. But maybe let's start off by taking us back, transport us to to where you started, and tell us about your origin story. Maybe the series of events that have led you to where you're at today. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm an engineer by training. I did my undergraduate at Purdue University and my graduate work at University of Texas at Austin. And I spent about uh, 10, 12 years um, in high tech. Um, most of that high tech work was done with uh, Dell, the uh, the computer company in the uh, tech boom time. And uh, had an amazing time doing the engineering work at Dell. But I was asked to step over and, and take on a role to help build the ethics, compliance, diversity, and privacy program for Dell at a global level. And that's how I kind of got into this work of... Um, of uh, diversity and inclusion. And while I was at Dale, it's, it's kind of interesting because my wife and I have three amazing uh, kiddos. We have a, uh, a senior at Spelman High School. Uh, I'm a junior at Spelman High School, a senior, and um, I'm sorry, a junior at Spelman College, uh-huh. a, a senior in high school, and a sophomore in high school. And the time we were uh, pregnant with our um, second child, um, we, we, we thought we had this parenting thing down pretty well. And, um, and I remember um, going into the um, uh, doctor's office and doing our ultrasound with our second uh, child, our daughter. And uh, at that time, I really thought the, uh, the point of ultrasounds were really to count fingers and toes and tell you if it was boy stuff or girl stuff and not much more than that. Mm-hmm. But um, halfway through the um, ultrasound, the, the, the technician stopped and, and started examining and, and, um, and just kind of looked at us but kept examining the ultrasound and, and said, I'll be back. I'm going to go get the doctor. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know exactly what was going on. Um, and the doctor came back and, um, and took a look at the ultrasound. And you know, again, we had no clue that anything was going on even at that point. But the doctor told us that our, um, we found out it was going to be a girl, our daughter was going to be born without a left hand. And and we really didn't um, expect that. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know how to even parent anyone like that. And at that point, we um, became lifelong um, affiliates with an amazing pediatric hospital system in, um, in Dallas, Texas, Scottish Rite. Mm-hmm. And they taught us how to be parents to a kiddo that was a little bit different. They taught my daughter how to um, understand who she is and have confidence in, in what she can contribute 
and, and through what they brought us, um, the, the confidence that they gave us, we realized that um, there, there's something really important and special about a positive healthcare experience mm-hmm. and how it, how it really um, helps people's perspective and, and help people get through things what they really don't understand. Uh, healthcare is one of these um, areas within our economy that you walk into a, a healthcare setting and, and it's not unusual that, that you have no clue what people are talking about. You don't understand the language. It's not unusual that you'll come in and you'll ask for procedures and you have no clue how much it's going to cost you. And, um, and it's, it's a very unique part of our society and, and how we practice healthcare in, in, in this country. And it, it also is one where when we start talking about people's experience within the healthcare system, if you think about a healthcare system and, and how you get to a, a hospital system, it's not unusual that people get to a hospital in a, um, a car or a vehicle that has uh, shiny lights and can run red lights and makes a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And if you, depending on where you're at the, the hospital, it's not unusual that you'll have to go through a metal detector to get into the uh, emergency room. And, and also, it's not necessarily um, after you do that, you're, um, you're greeted by someone and they give you a special code and ID that they um, recognize you as. Um, they will, um, if, if you're admitted, they give you a special room to go to. They give you special clothing. Um, they, they also give you a discharge date. And depending on who the individual is, um, they'll, um, they'll tell you who, when you can have visitors. Um, and, and they'll give you, that's, people can tell you, here's when you can use the bathroom. Here's when you can shower. Here's when you can um, eat. Here's what you can eat. Here's what you can't eat. Um, they, they escort you around the, the facility to ensure that the, the, the um, safety hazards are minimal when it comes to risk. Um, mm-hmm. And if you think about that environment, for a certain group of individuals, they listen to that description and, and they don't necessarily think of a hospital system. Mm-hmm. They think of a, of, of a, of a prison or, or a jail. And it's a very unique um, perspective that we have within this country as far as what healthcare is and what it isn't, and our responsibility to create a, an extraordinary experience for um, everyone that ventures into this um, important part of our community. I love it, James. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing your, your story with me, and you know about your family, and you know as you're, you're describing, you know as a parent. You know, definitely, I, I, you know, definitely empathize. Um, you know, if I'm hearing correct, you know, you're you're pointing out, you know, from your own personal experiences and, um, you know, different dimensions and convergence of empathy, needed empathy, right? From uh, from a from an endpoint standpoint and and from a healthcare standpoint, you know, the diverse need and the spectrum. Uh, you know, of, of care that's, that's in front of us. And there's still obviously a lot of variability, right? And what I'd love to hear a little bit more, James, is, you know, as you're, you, you touch a lot of these topics of diversity, healthcare, um, the variability of experiences as patients come into, you know, the emergency room or uh, to, a, to a clinical visit. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the things you're seeing in healthcare right now that really have you excited, or maybe some areas in healthcare you see some opportunities, but you also see some glean of hope of potential solutions that, that could be applied 
uh, you know, to, to, to filter out some more, you know, opportunities. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I think healthcare reflects the, um, sentiment of society in many ways. Um, I think about the, um, I do a lot of, uh, uh, coaching of, of healthcare systems as well as uh, my leadership within some of the, um, uh, most respected healthcare systems in our country. And, and what I'm seeing lately is a comfort that mm-hmm. people have with making it clear what they do and who they do and do not expect to be involved in their healthcare experience. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and this is a phenomenon that, that seems to have really popped up the past um, two, three, three and a half years or so where people are, are willing to say that, um, that I don't want this person providing me care. And, and they're not coding it. And in the past, what I've seen are people code those requests in such a way that it was a little bit more um, uh, hard to decipher if there was a, a true um, a need or if it was truly um, a bias or, or prejudice that a person had. So they'll, they'll come in and say, I, I don't want that person to provide me care because they are black or because they're a woman or because they are young. And um, I think that as, as healthcare systems lean into this um, more prominent mm-hmm. um, request uh, uh, behavior that we're seeing, right, right, we have a challenge to really decipher what is patient-centered care and when does that line between patient-centered care and dignity and respect for the staff and faculty who are providing those care um, uh, clash with each other? Mm-hmm. So um, I think of a, a couple of different examples. But one is I was working at a major hospital system and um, a tier one trauma system and a, 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 a mom and a, a pregnant mom and a dad, a, a white couple comes into the emergency room at two o'clock in the morning. And the, um, the, the mom is 28 weeks pregnant. The, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and the staff quickly figures out that she and the baby are both in distress. And there's a real chance that we're gonna lose both the baby and the mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, they prep the uh, the baby and the mom for um, for a C-section, and they bring in three teams: a, a, a um, emergency team, a neonatal team, and a, another team to take care of the, uh, the the kiddos. Again, two o'clock in the morning, and um, and the doctor is giving every the lead doctor is giving everyone their orders where they need to go and what they need to do. And um, and this is in about a five minute span that all this takes place. And before the, um, the team breaks and, and starts to go to their areas so that they can do work, the, the dad looks in a very demure way and says to the doctor, excuse me, but before you get started, can you please have all the fucking niggers leave the room? Oh, wow. And the, the, um, the, uh, the doctor's jaw hits the ground and she says, I'm sorry, can you please repeat yourself? And, and the dad, in a very calm way, repeats mm-hmm. this. And the mom is in and out of consciousness, and the um, the uh, the doctor um, the doctor goes to the mom and says, "I'm sorry, did you hear what your husband says?" And she says, "Yes, I did. Um, do what my husband says." And mm-hmm. it really does create this um, situation where you're trying to figure out what do you do in a situation like that. 
Do you right. accommodate the request? Do you、um, get security to remove the dad? Do you、um, call up someone to help、um, navigate the situation? And, and then、mm-hmm. you have to keep in mind that you only have this is only a five minute span, and then the baby is going to do something. And, and、mm-hmm. where I'm concerned is that. We're seeing behaviors and actions like this occur more and more in our society, where、mm-hmm. um, people are willing to risk themselves and their loved ones because of their biases、um, and,、mm-hmm. and beliefs.、Um, now, I, you ask me, what do I feel positive about? After the situation was done, I sat down with the CEO, the、uh, president, the、uh, legal counsel,、uh, and several other leaders. Um, to talk about the situation, and and what the、uh, president said was that at this institution we do what's right and we always save a life. And what the CEO said was, I would rather be judged by a jury of twelve peers than six pallbearers. So the idea that、um, that the organization is 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 wants to support people and and help the staff、mm-hmm. do what. Out fear of retaliation or、um, or punishment, but where I do get concerned is that as I've uh, uh, walked people through this workshop where we、um, really unpack this particular situation, what I find is that healthcare systems nor medical schools are preparing their future leaders or current leaders for situations like this. What that means is that people are having to learn to navigate these types of situations. In live scenarios on the floor where、um, lives are at risk, and I think that's a、really、flaw、uh, in our education system that we are not prepping people to think through these types of scenarios ahead of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's a powerful story. I mean, what was so very polarizing, you know, in terms of like, you know, what do you do in that scenario? How do you design processes to support? Um, really interesting scenario. Probably a scenario that comes up more often than not across America, right? You, you, you know, you figure these scenarios would be more uncommon than ever.、Um, but、uh, no, I appreciate that story and, and the contrast there,、uh, James. And you know, you see so much of, of of these scenarios, and so I appreciate the perspective. Tell us a little bit about you know taking scenarios like this. You know, considering diversity, considering. You know these different social factors that come into play to strike the right balance of, you know,、uh, if you would, driving more cultural competence in, in in new healthcare experiences in the future. Tell us your vision of of healthcare in the future to drive this better, like you know, union of you know patient provider, so that these scenarios happen. You know, what are you know? There's only. <laughs> I won't put words in your mouth, right? But it, only, it feels like there's only so much like maybe a provider can do. There's some cultural elements that need to come into play. There's maybe better education, better just empathy, right?、Um, but tell us a little bit about your vision of healthcare in the future in, in relation to diversity and this cultural competence, increasing it so that you know both sides,、um, you know, the friction reduces. You know, I, I think one of the important. Areas of diversity as we start to think in the future and cultural competency, it、mm-hmm. lies in the power of a diverse staff,、um, mm-hmm. uh, staff that understands、um, uh, language,、uh, multiple languages at, at, at the proficiency level of medical、uh, provider.、Mm-hmm. 
um, a, a team that understands the um, the nuances of um, of uh, culturally competent care and um, and, um, and and cultural healing practices and understands the the appropriate way to in, uh, investigate um, uh, use items such as the explanatory model of illness to uh, find a way to understand patients' beliefs and how those beliefs um, are or are not um, inhibiting or helping the uh, the healing process in a respectful mm-hmm. way. Um, one where um, where we value diversity as much as we value, uh, and we see it as a as a hard skill uh, mm-hmm. that individuals bring. One where we are actively seeking out that. Um, that um, uh, uh, Spanish-speaking um, uh, uh, millennial um, uh, mm-hmm. nurse part of our team and, and understands mm-hmm. the value and contribution that she brings to the, the organization. And, and also, I think that as we start to think about this, um, this scenario, what it does, and, and we think back to where I started talking about the prison systems and healthcare, it's really important to understand that connection because within healthcare the importance of trust cannot be underestimated this mm-hmm. this this trust between a provider and the patient and the family is one that that cannot be underestimated we're not going to be successful without trust as mm-hmm. a corner of who we are and as we start mm-hmm. to think about uh, historical trauma uh, things such as the uh, Tuskegee effects or uh, at Hopkins, the uh, Henrietta Lacks, or we start to think about um, the um, Guatemalan um, patient experiments and, and just all of these um, Puerto mm-hmm. Rican uh, sterilization, all these things that are taking place that have eroded trust. Um, I think it's critically important that healthcare systems not only understand how important trust is, but they also are actively trying to build a community of mutual respect and trust that does pay attention to the um, atrocities that have happened in the past and mm-hmm. does not dismiss those as someone else's problem. Because in healthcare, you listen to grandma's advice just as much as your doctor. And if grandma is saying that baby does not need a shot because of what they did in Tuskegee, Alabama, or um, mm-hmm. you should not be doing vaccinations because of whatever, or you you need to be doing this particular treatment and ignore the um, dialysis that the doctor is asking you to give, then um, healthcare professionals cannot be successful. Right, right. Yeah, no, James, this is great, and I, I really appreciate it. And I mean, along those lines, too, you know, there. It feels like also the de- definition of diversity in healthcare is changing. I mean, not just in healthcare, but just in organizations as well. You know, I've, I've been reading articles a little bit more about, you know, organizations need to be, you know, some organizations out there are starting to become more sensitive in the broadening definition of recruiting for diversity as well, not just with race and language, but cognitive diversity, right? Physical diversity, right? Um any comments or thoughts about the broadening definition on how it's expanding and, you know, maybe how other diversity leaders um, across the country for healthcare organizations or non can consider this broadening definition. So it's not just limited to, 
you know, to, to race or, or to, to language or background? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a great observation. And as we start to think about the future of our organization, we need to understand where the risks within behaviors lie with, with, within communities. So as we start to think about, for example, sexual and gender minority groups mm-hmm. and the higher level of risk they have towards uh, of self-harm or uh, being um, unemployed, what does that mean? And even as we start to think about the coming out process that um, many uh, sexual and gender minority individuals um, uh, go through, um, we need to examine where is that um, coming out to your healthcare provider because it mm-hmm. is an important step be, uh, in, in that process. Uh, we start to think about, um, again, there, there are some amazing projects that are um, leaning into, um, or programs that are leaning into neurodiversity, such as Projects, uh, Project Search, which is out of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, which takes uh, cognitively diverse individuals and places them in um, meaningful um, jobs and careers within healthcare, banking, and many other um, corners of our society. We also look at um, at how these individuals who are prop- when properly encouraged and receive accurate advice from their healthcare providers, what they can provide. And, and it's interesting because we look at um, organizations that do uh, coding. As an engineer, I, I in school I spent a lot of time doing um, a COBOL um, a program. Mm-hmm. And, and in mm-hmm. my opinion, nothing more painful than trying to decode a COBOL program where you're looking through a million lines of code and try right. to find one little bitty error. But there are individuals who are on the spectrum that love doing that kind of work. So as we start to think about um, cognitive and neurodiversity, where are the places for that diversity in our society that lean mm-hmm. into the unique? talents and skills that those individuals will bring um, and, and in a respectful and dignified way, but also benefits the, um, the, um, the organizations in a meaningful, measurable way. Absolutely. Absolutely, James. No, I mean, well, well put, well said, and I appreciate your, your thought leadership in this space. Yeah, I think, I think it's a topic that, you know, a lot of diversity leaders or leaders that are very diversity focused and empathetic um, need better structures and there's desires there, right? You're seeing a lot more desires to dive deeper. Obviously there's better mechanisms that are coming out and probably more to be had, but, you know, obviously in the field of healthcare, um, you know, not enough is, is happening right now, but there's definitely some promising possibilities based on, you know, definitely some, some of the, uh, the, the, the opportunities that you just cited. Um, James, this is great. You know, I want to be sensitive to time. And so first of all, I really appreciate your time and sharing your background, your passions in this space and, you know, your, your, your visions for, um, for the, for healthcare in the future. Um, and James, for our listeners out there that would like to engage with you, what would be a great way to do so if, if, well, first of all, if you'd like our listeners to, to reach out to you, um, what would be a great way to, to engage with you? Yeah, I, I think the best way is to reach me at my um, my my um, uh, email here at the office. Sure. Uh, edi at vanderbilt.edu. Um, include at, um, uh, that's um, inclusion, equity, diversity, and inclusion at Vanderbilt. Edi at vanderbilt.edu. Um, so that's uh, uh, and I'd be happy to have this conversation and to um, 
to lean into uh, any of these particular um, challenges or thoughts with uh, any of your listeners that, that would like to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we want to have a lot more deeper discussions on this topic. You know, it's, it's kind of everything. Well, first of all, we believe, right, that, you know, I believe, you know, well-being is really everything. And, you know, when you get down to the topic of, you know, a, you know, penetrate a deeper level diversity, you know, you know, so super important. And, you know, the cultural sensitivities of what we were just talking about, um, you know, we need to, we, we need, we're, we're, you know, on the cusp of combining a couple of elements that could, that can equate to a better future. So, uh, James, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Uh, to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show, and this is this is a show for people that are very passionate about health. This is for people that are interested in making other people healthier in this world. Uh, James, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it and look forward to uh, hearing uh, many more of your shows. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks.